baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I didn't know the I didn't know the intro, but I know that voice. Yeah, can heat. Wow, that's and, crazy. And this was a, like ten years ago, a commercial for they were driving motorcycles. Motorcycles uh, across the country. I think right. it was like an insurance company. Geico but it was or something. Yeah, probably. Going a progressive. I bet it was progressive yeah, actually. Go. Yeah. Hey. Welcome to Second of the Radio. <laughs> We're all in the studio. The great outdoors. We are all together again, and we appreciate you being with us. My name is Tony Colombo, here with producer Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. And my partner, Bo Matthews. It's the only one you get. I'm Bo. I'm, I'm present. I'm present. I'm great in person. To see you. Yeah. Great to see everyone. Mask in hand. Yeah, that's all right. Mask in pocket. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm double vaccines in. So I'm, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere now, right? I mean, well, I think you still have to technically. I think you're still required to. Like when a, you know, many businesses say to, to, you have to have a mask to enter this. Sure. So I, I'm i not going to walk in without a mask and go, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> you're not. You know, I'm not going to call attention to myself right. in that regard. But, uh, but yeah, I do feel, uh, you know, a certain amount of um, relief and protection. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I have a feeling of relief as well because last night was probably the first night I've had a really distinct and colorful and uh, descriptive dream that I remembered waking up to. Oh, and that happened to me this week. My conscious thought was, hold on, were they wearing masks in my dream? Oh, I've never had a dream. I, you know what? They That's weren't. a great question. Huh. No, they weren't. I have never had a dream that I remembered where people were were wearing masks. Right. Yeah. No, I I haven't either. So. It's kind of crazy. Did you guys, uh, I woke up with that thought, shared that with my wife over coffee, and did you ever watch Black Mirror on Netflix? Did you watch uh, any of those I never episodes? watched it, but I've I'm, seen several I'm aware of the, the Craziness. premise. Yeah. There was an episode where it was kind of a spoof off Star Trek. Do you yeah, remember that, this episode? That Kristen Malati from uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. She's the mother on How I Met Your Mother. She was that. Yes, and and they had this thing where the guy could like move his hand towards you, and it would your, your face would turn to skin. There was no mouth, no nose. It just... Ah, and, they won and, Emmys for that. And it, yeah, it was it was a great program, creepy program. But it made me think of that when I was trying to recall the the dream because a lot of times we forget our dreams when we wake up. And I was just so you know dead set on going. Okay, was there mass? There, nope, there wasn't mass. I saw people I knew. Nobody was wearing a mask. I'm like, okay, it hasn't gotten to my brain that much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so it no, wasn't I, a sex dream then. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> That's a different kind of That is a whole other show. I had, let me see if I can find the text real quick. I woke up at like six, just after six in the morning, a couple days ago, 
and immediately shot a text off to uh, my friend. Oh, I have a text. Uh, I got a text just a couple of minutes ago from our friend um, Steve Jaywar from Great Harvest Bread Company, who's going to be joining us this oh, yeah. week on the podcast. And it's he just sent me this picture. He just caught that fish Wow! in the last two minutes and we're gonna since talk we're to talking. Him. And so that's where he's at right now. And we're going to talk to him a little bit later on on the podcast exclusive. So make sure you're listening to that. That's going to always be uh, a great conversation, talking to somebody who is uh, live from the, the water. water. <laughs> yes. Outside. Um, but I, I had a dream of, and I don't have very vivid dreams usually. Right. I'm not a big dream rememberer. Um but this dream was so vivid and it had and it lasted so long yeah. and like I just remembered so much about it and it was it was a friend of mine who's a good friend of mine and and me were we were at what was my house we were adults we were the age we are now but we were playing on our little league baseball team which were all adults but it was we had our little league the jerseys the whole on team was the adults? Gators yeah the whole team the oh, whole wow. league was adults okay but it was that little league league. Right. We were playing at the little league fields. We and so we weren't playing the game, but we were talking about. We had I think just gotten back from a game, and we were at my house. Drinking and we're beer? adults with kids and everything, but we're discussing the games that we just played. <laughs> and my mom was in it, and his parents were in wow. it. And yeah, and we were baseball players, but it was. Not like professional baseball. It was the little league teams. It was the Gators. That was the so name of my So, Mr. Colombo, what this means is that's on your dreams. Yeah, is that, it was uh... so funny. And I, like, woke up, and I grabbed my phone, and I texted him, and I texted him way too much, like, detail about right. the dream. But I was like, I have to text you this. And him and I, like, we're really good friends. We, we've known each other, like, almost our entire lives. Um But as, as you know, as life goes on, you, I, this is not somebody that I talk to. On a weekly basis or right. anything like that, we get together every few months at, at best. So his response and so was, I'm, and suddenly I'm texting him at six a.m. <laughs> and I'm giving them this big, long, uh, detailed uh, <laughs> description of my dream. Um, I can't read his exact response because it's got some <laughs> words in it. Here's what I here's what I text him though. Sorry for the early text. Had the right had to write this before I forgot. I just woke up. From a dream that had four people in it, you, me, and your parents, and you and I were adults, and the whole thing happened at my house, but was not my house in real life. We've still played for the Gators, which is our little team. I said, we just had a team, oh, we just had a team party at my house. So my house was messy, and your mom insisted on cleaning my house and doing my laundry because the team made the mess, even <laughs> though I kept telling her it was okay. And I, I go on and on in describing this dream. It's so funny that you that you bring that up. I never have dreams that I remember, and this one was so vivid. Could this be because you were spending so much time on the radio station for the St. Louis Cardinals that baseball's in your head a lot? I, I don't know. Good you know? question. Well, I mean, they said they said in the last what fourteen months people stopped having dreams because they were so anxious about the pandemic. Right. And now, since maybe you're vaccinated now fully. Maybe you're starting to have dreams. Maybe. Yeah, the I don't creative know. juices are flowing mm-hmm. again. and You yeah. feel safer. Uh, you know, here's a question that uh, came up over a bonfire over the weekend, uh, last weekend, was can you go an entire day without saying COVID? Can yeah. you in, a, in conversation through life? I mean, I know you are on the radio. You're talking yeah. about stuff. But, I mean, can people. But off the, like, if you didn't work on the radio, can you just go through a regular day in human life right now without saying the word COVID? Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I and thought all I variants like you can't say coronavirus. You can't right, right, say, right. You can't right. say you can't discuss the virus. Right. The virus cannot be the virus. <laughs> the virus cannot be uh, on your lips mentioned. And early on in this over a year ago now, uh, I remembered saying I'm, I think it was to you. I, I always thought I, I would never hate a word so much as the word impeachment. Oh, yeah. And then. Hold on, let me show you yeah. another word that you're gonna because we all are talking about it. No matter yeah. if you're talking to strangers or what, it's just too much. Yeah, and we're know? tired of it. Yeah, and we're tired of it. And hopefully, this is the year. Like this summer is when we can finally get back to normal and people can get back outside. It's so great to see. You mentioned baseball. It's so great to see, even though even though it's limited still right now, fans inside Bush Stadium in downtown. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and and. Um, music shows like live performances coming back haven't done like any that. of those but yeah. uh they, those, yeah they are happening yeah yeah so that is it's so good that all that is the one up by but the, the old mills uh yeah. aren't they still Dan doing, Buck's doing yeah. they're doing 40 shows this year yeah, yeah. i heard that have, that's have where you been my to, uh i've been to the i live right by the Mills. i know that's there. why i said have you been um, over there for i have not been to one of those events but i will be in a couple of months because that's where my daughter's graduation is mm. mm-hmm. they're and doing that too. yeah they're, it's a drive-through it's like we we sit in our cars and right. watch them from the you know they're up on the stage or whatever. I don't know exactly how it it's it's laid out. Like a drive-in, I guess. But that's how yeah the way mm-hmm. the way I understand it is we're all parked and we're watching them from our cars as they graduate and walk across the stage and all that. So <sighs> so weird. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, what Dan Buck has done with the Mills Mall and the um, the sports plex. Yeah, this, the the power plex that they're they're putting in up there. I hope that my kids will benefit from that, um, but we've got to get back to the we've got to get back to the point where we're actually playing games and playing sports. And I think like the I think the biggest thing is is I just tip the hat to so many businesses that have been able to pivot and mm-hmm. like what we do here, what any company does, what restaurants have done to survive. It's just admirable. Uh, to to be able to quickly move, yeah. to stay engaged. Dan Buck is a perfect example of of setting that tone and going. You know what? It can be done. Yeah, we got to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So. We should get Dan on the show sometime. Coming oh, that, up yeah, soon. we had him I once, right? Talked yeah. to him last week. Yeah, get him on the show. I mean, that's being outside and playing sports. That's part of the great outdoors. Oh, so I absolutely. think that fits in that fits in perfectly. Um, we're going to take this first break here in just a second. Like I said, we are going to really talk about the great outdoors this week on the podcast exclusive. So make sure you download that podcast, which comes out every Monday. We put out what you're listening to now, the radio show podcast on Friday. So you can actually get this radio show before it even goes on the radio. What? And then you can get our podcast exclusive on Monday. And uh, that is going to be with our friend Steve Jaywar. He's the owner of Great Harvest Bread Company, but uh, he is an avid fisherman. He is a he's he is a great fisherman, and uh, he's on the water right now, apparently. So, looking <laughs> forward to that conversation. Uh, we are also going to, in this next segment, going to talk to Sheriff Dave Marshak uh, from Jefferson County. Sheriff uh, is back with us. He was just on a couple weeks ago, but I asked him to come back uh, on this quick turnaround because of everything that's happening in the Second Amendment universe in the law enforcement world right now with not only the George Floyd or Derek, I mean, Derek Chauvin case, uh, the, the the new shooting that just happened up there in Minneapolis, the officer involved shooting, and uh, of course all of the things that the president has done recently regarding Second Amendment rights and firearms and things like that. And Sheriff Marshak is the best person I know that can make sense of all of that. So we'll do that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. tuning in and joining us again this week. Just another quick reminder about our podcasts. The show podcast you're listening to right now, the radio show, we put that out in podcast form on Fridays, and then we put out our podcast exclusive on Mondays. So you get two opportunities to download podcasts of our show. This week on the podcast exclusive, we're going to be talking to our friend Steve Jaywar, the owner of Great Harvest Bread Company, but we're not going to be talking about bread. We're going to be talking about fishing because he <laughs> is an avid fisherman, and he is on the lake right now. So uh, huh. he's one of the best fishermen I know. Uh, hearing Steve and Mike Marfell talk fishing is like a master class, and yeah. yeah, these guys really know what they're doing. So um, I, I am a big, you know, I am a avid fisherman myself, and very excited to get back out in the water with the weather getting better. So uh, perfect time to talk to somebody who is actually on the water as we speak. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk to Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County, and coming up in the next segment of the show, we're going to get uh, we're going to have a conversation with a very uh, uh, insightful person. That I am, I'm looking forward to hearing from, but it's uh, related to your upcoming poker bash, Bo. So it, it is, and uh, the uh, Big Dogs Poker Bash is May 16th at uh, uh, in Eureka at Brookdale Farms. It benefits the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund, similar to Backstoppers but different. Um, and so uh, we do a lot of things for the police officers out there. And one of the things is we uh, actually do a scholarship program. And so Taylor is who we're going to talk to a little bit. And I'll give you more details on the on the game and how you can get signed up. It's just a big house game of Texas Hold'em. Nice. It's just a great time. It's our fifth annual as well, and we've raised a lot of money for the, the uh, police officers out there in Eureka, so Taylor will be our guest to give us a perspective of what it's like to be a child of a police officer. Because when you think of a police officer, good or bad, it's like uniform, gun, belt, yeah. blah, blah. You don't think they have you know, family, siblings, kids, you know, all this. Yeah. And she's, she's, she's our scholarship winner. She's just a great gal. You're going to love her. Looking forward to talking with her. And uh, if you miss any of this show or those discussions or want to make sure you get that podcast exclusive when we talk about fishing with Steve, uh, download the podcast anywhere that you get podcasts, basically. We will be there. But the Odyssey app is the best place, in my opinion, to get the uh, podcast. A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. It used to be Radio.com. If you had the Radio.com app, it should have changed automatically to Odyssey. Yeah, if, not, just, if you never did, if you never did download it yet and you've been thinking about downloading What's our app. What's wrong with you? It's no longer Radio.com. <laughs> it's Odyssey. Just go and download nice. the app. And Offend the listeners. You That's can nice get all of our stuff right there. Uh, let's go ahead. Outside. <laughs> let's go ahead and get uh, Sheriff Marshak on the line yeah. with us uh, right now. Sheriff, it's always great to talk with you, my friend. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. How are you? 
I am well. Um, I want to get right into it with you. I appreciate the quick turnaround uh, coming back on with us again. Um, but with everything that's happened in the last week, uh, I, I, I didn't think of anybody better that could uh, uh, could provide sort of the law enforcement um, insight better than you could. So um, let's start with the recent shooting, the recent tragedy in Minnesota um, with Officer Kim Potter, who uh, who shot um, Duante Wright. Um, in a, we've all seen the video. Um, it, it appears that she believes that she is holding her taser um, when, in fact, she's holding her um, firearm and she fires once and ends up killing this um, person who was um, resisting arrest and they were having some issues with as they after um, um, a traffic stop. W- just when you watch that video, Sheriff, um, and, and you watch its conclusion and this mistake that was made by this officer, um, what was your initial emotions and reactions to that? Were you surprised to see that? Like, how could you possibly, how could you possibly mistake your taser for your firearm? Or was this something that you've seen before? So what, what yeah. were your thoughts? Yeah. So um, what, listen, I agree. What a horrible tragedy. Uh, incredibly unfortunate. Uh, I will tell you that uh, to answer your question, was I surprised? And the answer was no. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. And in fact, uh, this will not be the last time you see it. Uh, so if you're incredibly surprised by it, and I imagine most people are, uh, it's not going to be the last time this happens. And until there's a solution to having humans police communities, we're going to continue to have shootings that are both questionable and or flat-out mistakes. Um, the good news is that these things rarely happen. I mean, rarely. We're talking about you know millions of police encounters every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, only a small portion of those end up in force. But if you look at the numbers of law enforcement contacts, even when there are resistings, these things really are not happening. I think from the numbers I've seen between 16 and 18, let's just say 17 of these type of incidences have happened over the last 10 years. And if you really look at the numbers, although one would argue, and certainly if you're the victim or the victim's family or friends or the community, these things are upsetting. But the numbers are, are really telling. This is a very rare incident. Um, obviously, this was captured on camera and more visible to us um, in both the policing world and the public than most others are. But I, I think this will happen again. And anybody that trains law enforcement officers in high-stress situations is not surprised by these events. And, it, you know, although it can happen, it's not surprising. A couple of points on that story, Sheriff, uh, that the officer was a 26-year veteran. Um, I think I heard that she hadn't been on the street a lot lately, maybe working, you know, in administration or maybe, you know, in the in the you know office or whatever. Um, when when an officer is training, it's all about repetition because there were immediately we heard she thought she was grabbing her taser. She ended up grabbing her pistol, and it was the opposite. Uh, it, it, is it a repetition thing that you train? Your officers or their officers train themselves. Okay, I got to make sure this is what I'm grabbing. This is what I'm grabbing. This, you know, over and over and over. Is that or, or, almost like a muscle memory? Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you feel? What do you think about that? Listen, I agree 110. percent I mean, the fact is, look, if we came into 2021, I imagine when you sign a document, you're still writing 2020. You buy a new yeah. a new yeah. car with a push button start. You're trying to figure out how to start the car because, you know, you've been used to doing it one way for so long. 
that can definitely play a role in these types of circumstances, particularly when it's a stressful environment. You got the rapid heartbeat, you know, your heart rate is jacked up. You see things a little bit different. I will tell you, in terms of muscle memory, if you look at what a police officer qualifies annually with their firearm, and if this veteran was there 26 years, she probably had to uh, snap a button, remove the firearm from her uh, holster. It's probably been the same holster or same style or type of holster for 26 years. You know, on average, she probably drew that firearm, you know, 25, 3,500 times. So undoubtedly, that's going to be her go-to. If you compare that to the amount of training that an officer gets on taser, drawing from a holstered position, um, I'm guessing it's probably less than 20 or 30 times. So, you know, some people will say, well, how is this even possible? The taser is colored differently. But if you're watching the suspect for perceived or, or possible threats, you're not necessarily paying attention to your gun. And we teach that in law enforcement you know, to pay attention to your front sight when possible, but you're really watching out for that threat for when it exists and when the threat stops because we have to change our tactics a little bit. When you feel like you are in a life-and-death situation, which if you're dealing with somebody who you know has a warrant out for an illegal firearm and has a criminal past, then you're going to be – that's going to be playing in your mind that – it they could be going back into the vehicle to get that weapon. And, you know, if you, you know, I just put myself in, try to put myself in that position of trying to be in, almost in a panic state, trying to do everything I can to keep myself safe and to keep the situation from getting out of control and grabbing the wrong hip and, and, and the wrong, you know, the wrong weapon or whatever. Now, police officers are supposed to be better than me. Because right. they're the, because they're trained to be because that's their job, but they're still humans and they're still going to make. It's very easy to say to look at somebody in a calm situation and say, "Bo, which hip is your firearm on and which hip is your taser on?" Right. Well, I always keep my taser on my uh, my less, dominant less, side, my less dominant side. Less yeah, dominant, dominant side. Le- yeah. and, and here's a, here's a question: Has it ever been brought up that the taser should be on the dominant side? Yeah. So that your firearm is on your less dominant side, so less likely. Yeah. Is there a reason? Sheriff? Is there a reason, Sheriff, for the the way that you know, we've all been we've all been introduced to this idea now that uh, police officers keep their firearm on their dominant arm and the taser on their non-dominant arm. Is there a is there a reason for that, or is that just what we decided to do whenever we introduced the taser? No, no. Uh, listen, uh, undoubtedly, everything's done for a reason, and there's research behind it. I will tell you that when it comes to many law enforcement firearm lethal force encounters, uh, most of them happen within a few seconds, and so. You know, these are time-sensitive issues. Uh, it's not necessarily the first person that can draw. It's the first person that can draw and shoot accurately to eliminate the threat. And that's what we have to keep in mind when we come to law enforcement. You know, these are split-second decisions in many of these uh, officer-involved shootings. And so time is of the essence. And that's the purpose for having them on the dominant side. You know, I've seen different agencies go with different policies and setups on their belt. Uh, to ensure that these types of things don't happen. But I think the best path moving forward is more training time uh, to to force that muscle memory that when you say taser, you know it's going to your uh, non-dominant side. And I think that can be probably looking at a path forward, a way to reduce these even further. So, Sheriff, I've, I said from the very beginning when this happened that I believe 
from watching the video and the evidence that I've been able to look at, just like everybody else has been able to look at, it's been all over the television. I believe the the her version of events that this was an accident that she thought she had her taser in her hand and and made a mistake um, and when when killing this person. However, I know that you know it's 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 in the line of police work. But if I'm at home and I have my gun out and I'm cleaning it or I'm doing something and I'm not intending for it to go off, but it does and it hit it kills or hurts someone, I am still responsible. For what just happened. So I was saying, I've been saying the whole time that when I watch that video, I don't think she did this on purpose, but that doesn't mean that there's not some type of consequences that, you know, that that need to be paid for uh, this type of mistake. And they have decided up there in Minnesota to charge her with second degree manslaughter, mm. which is basically when someone uh, when someone's negligence results in death. That sounds to me about right. Uh, what do you think, as from the uh, uh, opinion of a police officer, uh, about what consequences should this officer face for if it was exactly what she claims it to be a, a mistake? So I haven't read Minnesota uh, correction. I haven't read Minnesota state statute, and so I'm a little leery about commenting on whether you know when you look at terms like reckless or yeah. knowingly. What if it happened here? What if that what what if that would have happened here in in Jefferson County or in the state of Missouri? You know where you would have a better idea of of the the laws the laws. Yeah, yeah. right. So I think you know in and to put in things in perspective, I think a prosecutor is fully within um, their right to charge that based on the circumstances. You know, I'm a little bit ambivalent about it because I also know that it's a training issue and that mm-hmm. in part. You know, some of these failures are attributed to uh, training circumstances, but um, I, certainly I think that there's a reason that she should be held accountable for this. Well, I, I would like to bring up uh, a conversation I just had yesterday. Um, that we were, ta- you know, in the state of Missouri, you can you can carry, you can conceal carry. And uh, the woman I was talking to says she carries a firearm in her purse. And uh, like, like she carries her lipstick or her makeup or whatever, her cell phone. I said, how often do you practice drawing that? So this is on the civilian side. And she goes, well, I've never done that. I just carry there. She shot the gun before. But in a real-life situation, uh, I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Empty the gun. Get it completely empty. No bullets in it at all. And you need to start practicing you know, because you're carrying it for a reason, you're carrying it for protection, you want it to be effective. Is this good advice that I've given, or uh, am I wrong? Is, is there any professional training that she can get, even during these times of COVID, uh, to make sure that as a civilian, if you're carrying a firearm, you need to practice deploying that if you are in a dangerous situation? Sheriff? Bo, I think you've given outstanding advice. I mean, the fact is that as soon as something happens or crisis happens, uh, a lot of different things go on with the body yep. to respond to that stress. And nothing could be more critical than having the fine motor skills necessary to extract a firearm from either a holster or a purse and to be able to maintain some level of consistency in terms of firing so you're not shooting up everybody else around them yeah. uh, to protect yourself. And I think those are important things. And we teach that in CCW classes as well, that you know, there's always – there has to be a mental preparation for a confrontation, but there also needs to be physical pre- uh, preparation for confrontation as well. And if you can get past those two things, you've certainly increased the likelihood uh, for success in protecting yourself and your family. 
So we are talking to Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Got a few minutes left here. Sheriff, I want to get your thoughts on um, some of the sensational and, in my opinion, very dangerous and disgusting conversations that are being had and accusations that are being uh, levied by many politicians and media members surrounding this um, this this shooting in Minnesota. And we've heard things from um, uh, from various media outlets and politicians that police officers use the, an opportunity like seeing somebody with expired tags that they can that that is their their opening to pull them over and and race and 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 you know do something to them because of their race. We've heard uh, you know we've heard people say that. This has brought up again the conversation of defunding the police and, and ending police. We, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib says this is another example of why we need to end policing and we need to end incarceration. And and um, I heard a reporter in a press conference with the mayor and the new police chief up there. This person, this this reporter was saying, uh, look, it was just expired tags. Some laws don't need to be enforced. Leave that alone. Don't that doesn't need to happen. You are you are you are creating a problem by pulling over somebody uh, for something that that in, in this reporter's opinion and, and in many. I mean, we've heard this uh, un, uh, unbelievably. We've heard this from many people now that these that they just think that they that there shouldn't be that these, these interactions shouldn't even happen because people shouldn't be pulled over for expired tags. Uh, all of that. How do you how do you respond to that as a as a person whose job it is to enforce laws and keep people safe and make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to do when you have politicians in national offices saying we don't we don't want you to do that anymore? Boy, the world's full of wackos, and sometimes we elect them. That's what I say to that. Yeah. Wow, amen. I, I, I will tell you that. Um, look, we have created a society now where we disincarcerate people because of our beliefs. We don't hold people accountable. We um, free up criminals at any expense. We're releasing people because of the cost of incarceration out of state prisons across this country. We have created an environment in which there's no consequences. And just look at jurisdictions around us where mm -hmm. uh, they <clears throat> encourage diversion programs for violent assaults. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, look, if you stick a gun in somebody's face and you take their money, I can't send you to a diversion program to tell you that's wrong. You should already know that's wrong. <laughs> right. And, and so I will tell you that we have the most professional police that we have ever had in the history of this country today. And we've, then we've had, it, 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 again, throughout the entire history, police today, they get more training than they've ever had. They're more professional than they've ever had. And the challenges will be, look, if you start uh, defunding the police, you're getting less qualified police officers than we need. And I will tell you, with all of the talk of reimagining police or police reform, what I'm not hearing is push more money to those departments to make sure they are getting professionals recruited, that when you do find the, quote, good cop instead of the bad cop, that you pay them a wage to retain them, to deal with the types of things that they're dealing with today, that we add additional manpower. So when you have 10 officers on duty, you can pull, say, five, four or five of your officers to 
uh, enhance their training. You're not hearing any of those conversations. So I will tell you it's from a public safety standpoint, it's a little disturbing to hear some of the suggestions of people that have these great ideas on how to fix policing mm. but have no knowledge of public safety. Hey, Sheriff, I was at a lunch uh, the other day, and uh, uh, Chief Wiegand from Eureka was being honored uh, for being elected again uh, out there. Of course, I asked him if he if he asked for a recount. He said no. Um, but one of his one of his lead officers said he got up and spoke about him, and he said, and this was 1998, uh, before cameras were a thing and all that stuff. And the chief's advice to him back in the 90s was, conduct yourself as though cameras are on you all the time. And how prophetic that was for him to say that, because now we have all these cameras, and guess what? It's still not helping decipher the mentality of this country when it comes to what did I just see on that video. Yeah. So you guys definitely have it against you, and uh, and we can't thank you enough for your service uh, every single day. Yeah, and uh, Sheriff, unfortunately we are out of time, but I know we want to say thank you to for supporting the Poker Bash as oh, well, yeah. correct? He, he said he was going to make a donation. I'm yeah. like, from one, no, I think that's cool. From one department <laughs> to... I think you canceled on you canceled lunch on me. You know, we got to make oh, I know. Yeah, you you're, gotta... you're going to wither away to nothing, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sheriff, it was good seeing you guys. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about uh, the, the challenges that we have in law. Yeah, there's so many more conversations that we could have, and and so I hope we get you back on real soon and continue these discussions because they're important ones. And um, you know, the consequences of the decisions that we make right now are going to have long-lasting effects. So, Sheriff, we appreciate your insight and your time as always, and we'll talk to you again uh, real soon. CCW holders, practice, practice, practice. Thank Amen. you. Amen Thanks, that. Sheriff. That's Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Got to take a quick break, and uh, we are going to talk to Taylor, who is the daughter of a police officer, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Bo's upcoming poker bash and uh, that unique perspective of uh, you know being a family member of one of these law enforcement officers. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be ba- right back with more Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. <laughs> Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Big thanks again to Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County, Bo. That is just great information, great insight from a law enforcement expert who knows his stuff. And I would bet. Great insight and information. And I would bet anybody else in law enforcement that's listening going, yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly right. So yeah. he's a great spokesperson. So we've got one segment left here on the show. Don't forget about the podcast. If you missed anything, you missed any of that conversation with uh, Sheriff Marshak, please make sure you go back and check it out. Download our podcast. Uh, anywhere you get podcasts, uh, the Odyssey app is where I would suggest getting the podcast from. The show podcast goes on on Fridays. The podcast exclusive goes out on Mondays. This week's podcast exclusive is going to be with our buddy Steve Jaywar, who is fishing as we speak. <laughs> so he'll be live from the water. Lucky. And uh, we'll be talking to him while he's Actually, enjoying. He just called me. He says, I'm leaving the water right now. Okay, oh, well, he'll no. just exit. <laughs> Tell him to turn around, and we'll call him in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, he's out and been enjoying the great outdoors today. And anytime we're talking about the great outdoors here on the show, it's brought to you by Razorback Armory. They're your full service firearm shop. They strive to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. And they're right there in De Pere, just off 270 on Manchester Road, a half mile east. Go to RazorbackArmory.com to find them. When you go in, tell them Bo sent you to Razorback Armory. You know, coming up, Tony, May 16th, it's a Sunday in Eureka at Brookdale Farms at the uh, new wedding venue, uh, Silo Ridge, I think they're calling it. I just saw it 
out the other day. It's beautiful. We are going to have our fifth annual Big Dogs Poker Bash in support of the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund. You've heard of Backstoppers. It's kind of like that, uh, but a little different. They do some different things and always support Backstoppers. And if you want to play Texas Hold'em, do you do you play Texas Hold'em? I, I used to play quite a bit. There is Carl? no better. I used to, yeah. There's one of the coolest feelings. I'm not kidding. You know, I've played plenty of poker nights with buddies where there's yep. 80 mm-hmm. of you or whatever, and I've won, you know, poker tournaments. Yeah. But one time in my life, I was at a place, it was a, a party where it was multiple tables, like, you know, like eight tables, that, and the yeah. tables kept condensing, kept condensing, kept condensing, and I won <gasps> that Oh, really? Tournament. You got to play our game. And it was one of the coolest feel. And I'm not that good. I just had a gr- I just had a good night. I yep. mean, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not like friends. Yeah, uh, but that was a really amazing feeling to watch all the room get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and suddenly it's just you. you. Tony's at the final table. Well, I will tell you. Fun, fun stuff. Of all the years we've done Poker Bashes, which has been more than five, but five for this group, um, I have never won. I've made it to the final table once, but I did win the wheelbarrow of booze one time. Oh, that's just as good. I was just so excited. I'm not even a big (laughs) drinker. But uh, anyway, so this event is uh, being supported by so many, including Jefferson County with uh, Dave Marshak's going to put together a package for us. We've got, uh, you know, Southern Armory helped us out. uh, Razorback Armory, a big donation with a home defense Shotgun, all these great things, great silent auction, second to none. The food is phenomenal. It's fifty bucks. Uh, go to the Bo Matthews page or just search on Facebook, uh, Big Dogs Poker Bash, and get signed up now mm-hmm. uh, before it sells out. Last year we had one hundred and forty players, and uh, so we hope you can be out there. Um, and so at a meeting a couple of to- a couple of meetings ago, we had um, some of the police officers from Eureka there, and uh, and Taylor is one of our scholarship winners, and Taylor is on the line because she is a a child of police officers and had a great perspective in an essay that she wrote for us. Taylor, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You know what, darling, you did so well reading your essay to us, and I don't want to have you read the whole thing, but give can you give us an idea? Every day you're waking up, you got to think about school, think about what homework you did, think about your boyfriends or whatever, but you still have parents that are police officers. Tell us what that's like for you. So the best, I would say, incident that would sum what it's like, this doesn't happen all the time, but this is probably the best depiction. Um, My senior year of high school, there was a false intruder alarm that got set off because they were doing some construction to the building, and no one knew that. And so, of course, we go into lockdown, and... Like every other student, I'm frantically texting my parents. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm so scared. And it didn't even slip my mind. It didn't even occur to me that they were there. They were already there. And um, as I'm texting them, my mom is without a vest because she knew that I was there. So she didn't matter. Without a vest, she shows up to the school clearing the hallways with other officers And then it comes out that it was an accident. This was a false alarm, but I'm still in shock. We're all still like this could have happened to us. We could have been another school shooting statistic. And I go up to my mom and I hug her and I'm crying. And then I was on the school newspaper at the time. So I had to go back to my class and start writing. And then it kind of dawned on me and hit me like a ton of bricks that, if this were real and there was a, a real shooter in the school, 
um, while everybody else was running out to their parents or getting comforted by family and, you know, just being with their loved ones, I would have nobody to go to. I would walk out of that school with no one. And it's terrifying to know that at any minute, my siblings and I could end up not having parents. Taylor, I I think it's so important that you're sharing that and people get to hear your voice and hear, um, you know, that perspective, that insight that you are able to give as being the child of of not only one but two police officers. And I think it's so important that people remember that and they think of that when we're seeing all these stories in the news, um, you know, that police officers are – they're 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 humans just like we are and they have families and they have kids and they have parents and they have brothers and sisters that love them and um i think you highlighting that 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 human part of law enforcement is so important so thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today i wish we had more time um maybe we can get back on sometime real soon in the future and and talk some more but i really appreciate you uh sharing with us today Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my side of the story. All right. Taylor, thank you. I'll see you at the Poker Bash. You too. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Uh, right. Yeah, May 16th is the uh, day. Uh, So find it on uh, Facebook for details and get signed up to support the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund. And thank you very much. Amen. All right. We got to wrap this up for producer Carl Middleman and my partner, Bo Matthews. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 